Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Doug is back from Ireland. Jessica Walliser is here. This is the Organic Gardeners. What do you say we take the 10th caller to win a gift certificate, $25, and a what a nice amount from the good folks at Sorgles, 412-922-1020. If already folks on the line wanting to talk to Doug and Jess, and obviously the humidity, things heating up in the garden along with the weather. So if you have a question, 866-391-1020, dollar bank instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020. So good morning to both of these fine host from the Tribune Review, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from EverybodyGardens.com and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. We've got quite a talented crew here on the radio show. Apparently we do. <laughs> who knew? Everybody who works on this show related well. to gardening <laughs> <laughs> has won a national award with the Garden Writers Association, the... Association for Garden Communicators right. is really Jessica, the real name of the organization. Uh, Jessica won for her live speaking. I won for my newspaper column for circulation over 20,000. And Mrs. Know-It-All won for her magazine column with circulation less than 20,000. So <laughs> congratulations to everybody. All that hard work has paid off. That is right. <laughs> And it, it's 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 super exciting when you see friends' names on those award lists. You know, you're excited for yourself, obviously, but then you see people that you know work equally as hard as you do on the award-winning list, and it makes you feel super good about our industry and where yeah, it's, it's going. Awesome. So, yeah, it's terrific. So, but listen, we owe, both owe a big thank you to the Pennsylvania State Master Gardeners, uh, and I know if Mrs. Know-It-All were here, she would thank uh, everybody there as well. We both got to um, speak at the... Statewide Master Gardener Conference. Uh, All three which of us was, got to speak. Yeah, which was Friday and Saturday. So I was there Friday for two talks, and Doug was there, and Denise was there yesterday, amongst many other um, wonderful speakers. And it was a great event, and they got to tour all over Pennsylvania and falling water and lots of gardens here in Western PA. Tuck so, Knob. Yep. So wonderful I to it, see everybody. Um, Master Gardener Palooza. Exactly. It was like you could put so many kindred spirits into one room together and, you know, a bunch of plant nerds there and, and volunteer nerds and the amount of time that dedi- that uh, Master Gardeners dedicate to volunteering in their communities is amazing. And to hear some of the stories of the projects these folks are working on to better their communities is really, really inspiring and heartwarming. So thank you to everybody in the Master Gardener community. So after 10 days of no gardener, my garden is a complete disaster, although everything in there is going crazy. Oh, and all the rain we've had, the weeds are nuts. I've got to get in there today. That's my job today is to get in there, get things in, in un, under control. I got a rabbit in there somewhere, mm. uh, but only after only took the beets. Didn't take anything else. Didn't hmm. go after my lettuce. Didn't go after. Didn't go after my dandelion greens. Just can oh, you believe snap. it? Snap! <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> well, I had really good peas. Good. Did you have good peas? Uh, yeah. not so hot. I had a lot that didn't germinate for some reason. I don't, and they were new seeds, mm. and I got them from a reliable source. So I'm not sure. You soak them. I did soak them, and I planted them, and you know I don't plant them too early, so I know they didn't rot in the ground. I planted them so, way too early, know. and they all sprouted. Yeah, I know. But you again, you know, you know what I'm doing? I must didn't mention it, because I knew I was going to get grief I'm just throwing them, that plastic on top, that 
skylight. Like their dome, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. you know, once yeah. the sun comes through there. Nice and, and toasty. Black compost. <laughs> yeah. It's nice and toasty. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, last tomato planting for me. That's actually what I was talking about yesterday. Uh, July 4th is I put that last big tomato. Said, boy, they're... They're almost giving them away out there. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I'm going to the nursery today. I know it's probably too hot to plant. You know, I shouldn't be planting and everything, but I'm going today. I haven't been there, and I got to finish. I'm going to get some cheap hanging baskets, and you know, a lot of times I can find in a gallon container. I'll find a good mix that was ten bucks and it'll be five, and mix that up, get that going, figure out what else is going in the garden, clear out in front of the beehives. <laughs> Seriously, it's got the bees can't even get <laughs> yeah, they, in and out of the hive. They're, they're That's going how bad up over is. the weeds to get into oh, the hive. Oh gosh, I can't That's wait bad. to get some stuff done. What's going on in yours? It all looks good, actually. I know I, I hate to point this out to you, but my garden looks fabulous. I've been able to keep up with the weeds so far. I've been doing uh, the Swiss chard has been just amazing in the garden. My kale has been wonderful. The beets are ready to pick. Carrots are ready to pick. And I'm putting more good. peppers in because I'm actually I've been picking garlic already. I've had to harvest garlic oh. already. It's ready to start falling over and stuff wow. so again second year in a row where it's been a little earlier than normal well and- you know what and if we have time a little later in the program i actually have a garlic question for you okay. i think we're just about ready for a break and i but if we have time i want to make sure i ask you go ahead ask okay. him. oh so somebody talked to me yesterday at the master gardener conference that they had a complete failure in their garlic crop but they didn't think it was a fungal issue and in one of the cl- heads they found a wire worm now wire worms in my experience don't typically go after any of the alliums. I wonder if it was actually a wireworm in some... What's she described that, it. It sounded like it. What's that new pest that is affecting garlic? Uh, the on- onion maggots or onion thrips? Uh, yeah, I think it's an onion thrip. No, she described it's... it as a beige, long, crunchy worm. Mm, it's almost like a weird. millipede, but it's beige in color and you know, no legs. So like a wire worm. Yeah. That's that's unusual. That's what I've I thought never, too. I've never seen or heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's something else. All right. Hey, congratulations to Darlene from Coriopolis, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgo. Stay with us, folks. So your call is coming up next. You can also reach us via Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Good morning. Let's say hi to Frank in Coriopolis for Doug and Jessica Walliser. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Um, I called last fall. We have a hydrangea plant out front, and every year uh, my wife would cut it back. And Jessica said, don't cut it back, just let it go. Okay, so so far, no, we have sort of like two problems. The hydrangea plant, we have big, beautiful leaves, very healthy-looking leaves. Mm -hmm. We have zucchini plants, the same thing, big, healthy-looking leaves, but that's it. Mm -hmm. The hydrangea, there's no evidence of any flowers. And on the zucchini, we have little, my wife said there's little yellow flowers, but they keep falling off. So all we're getting is leaves, and that's it. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about the hydrangea first. Um, those macrophylla hydrangea, and the reason I told you not to cut it down is because the beds for this year's blooms were formed last year. So when you cut off the dead brown stalks, you're cutting off any potential flower blooms. Now, just because you prune it right, which means don't prune it at all, doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get blooms because those blooms could have frozen out. We had a few days of minus 20 degrees this winter, and that is definitely enough to freeze those buds out. I have multiple hydrangeas, big leaf hydrangeas, and it's really hit or miss on whether or not they bloom, to be honest with you. So here in Pennsylvania, they bloom beautifully up in Cape Cod on the Jersey coast. They're gorgeous and reliable bloom producers. Here in Pittsburgh, unfortunately, they're not. You will have years where you'll do everything right and they won't bloom. So 
It's just what you have to deal with if you want to grow that particular plant. Same thing for the zucchini? Nope. As for your zucchini, what's happening is zucchini plants produce separate male and female flowers. This time of year, early in the season, when they first come into bloom, they're producing just male flowers. And they do that in order for there to be enough pollen around so that when the female blooms open, they're more readily fertilized. So for the first maybe week or so of the flower production on zucchini plants, they will be all male flowers, which have a very straight stem to the base of the flower. After those open then, in the coming weeks, you'll start to see the female flowers develop. And they have what looks like a miniature zucchini at the base of the flower. And those are the ones that are going to develop into fruit for you. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you very much. You're Boy, welcome we're learning very all much. about the birds and the bees. How about it? <laughs> now, do you have uh, Annabelle's? I do have Annabelle. Anna- my, mine are going crazy. Oh, my gosh. And they- that Invincible spirit, mm-hmm. just going nuts. I Although, know. for the first time, the deer are after them in my really? garden. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Started to nibble on the Invincible spirit and then a little bit on the Annabelle's. But, man, those Annabelle's are going nuts. And they got all those longhorn beetles oh yeah flower beetles yeah so that's the thing and i should mention this to him if you want a hydrangea that is going to bloom no matter what you want to get one of the annabelle hydrangeas annabelle or invincible is a a pink variety of annabelle annabelle's white they are gorgeous they are foolproof those and what are called panicle hydrangeas are another one that are foolproof bloomers. You can't prune them wrong. The buds don't freeze out because they're produced on new wood. And those are no fail bloomers How as well. How about the mountain one, the serrata? That also, uh, I, I don't think, know much about them. I think that also blooms on new wood. So I think you'd be okay with that. There's some crosses now, right? Some hybrids of them. Um, pretty much the fussiest one are the hydrangea macrophylla, which is sort of that old-fashioned pink and blue This one. year, I am going to protect them all, first off, from the deer. Mm-hmm. That's where I lost most of my buds. And then secondly, from the bud freeze, yeah. just surround them with some burlap. I've got to do that. Really frustrating. It is indeed. <laughs> I hear you. Every hydrangea uh, grower hears you on that one. All right. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Joanne in Whitehall for Doug and Jess. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning and welcome home to Doug and hello to Jessica. Hi there. Thank you. I have a wisteria that I just bought a year ago, and when would be the best plant to plant, uh, best time to transplant it and to prune it? Okay. Once it's in place. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So here's the thing: even if it's only a year old and you move it, there's a good chance that you're going to leave some root pieces behind. And wisteria can be extremely, inv- I mean, I'm just warning you, it, they can be extremely aggressive and extremely invasive in the sprouts that come up out of the ground and how quickly they grow. So wherever you plant it, you better have a darn big trellis and you better be prepared to have it for life. I mean, because, they'll, tear, they'll tear down four by fours. And they'll tear down trees if they grow up yeah. trees. So be forewarned. I would, I would personally, if you're going to move it, now is not the best time because it's, you know, in the heat of summer. I would wait until very late fall or early in the spring to move it and take a big chunk of the surrounding soil so that you can make sure you get all of those roots out of that place. Do you have to move it? Uh, when it was small, I thought this was the ideal place. <laughs> and I do have a trellis that it has already climbed up. 
And I thought, oh, I'd rather put it out front. Now that you're telling me about how it yeah. <laughs> moves around, I think maybe I'll just leave it where it is. Yeah. I mean, where what, what size trellis do you have it on right now? Right now it's about a four to five foot trellis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no. You're going to need 45 foot trellis. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that's not a joke. I mean, these plants grow 60 feet yeah, tall if you let them there's go. There's one I did a story on in Ohio Township that grew up this pine tree yep and you can see it from the road and everybody's just like you know what what is that tree that's the most amazing <laughs> tree i've ever seen i've never seen one bloom one like with that. a flower like that yeah, it looks purple, just like a wisteria flowers. It looks, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're very aggressive climbers so this is just your forewarning to heed okay okay now right. one other real question uh, real quick question sure uh, obedient plant all of a sudden, I took some and transplanted them where they were doing before they were great. I put them in an area now where I have half circles on the edge of the leaves bitten off. What is that? Well, first of all, you seem to like invasive, aggressive plants, don't you? Because <laughs> it ain't so obedient. Right. An obedient plant is only called obedient plant because the flowers are in a perfect row up the stem. It's not because of its... Uh, you know, manners as far as spreading goes. They are, they're very aggressive spreaders as well. Yeah, but... what are some other plants you could put in? Chameleon plant would be Oh my gosh, that's that all... we... don't ever plant chameleon plant. They are, oh my gosh, that's like, that's never get really on my list of the worst plants ever to plant. They're still that selling them too. Awful. I saw them at the nursery the other day. So as far as what's I'm eating your obedient plant, my guess is that it's four-lined plant bugs. If they're round circles like that, yeah. um, they are actually sap suckers. So they will sup, suck the sap out of a plant to make these perfect little round pockmarks, which sometimes rot through and cause little notches in the leaves. Um, they're one of the plants that are prone to four-lined plant bugs. The good news is that they are pretty much done actively feeding by early July. So... They're done. They only do one generation per year, so they're pretty much finished. And the damage is purely aesthetic. They don't won't hurt the long term health of that plant at all. Would Captain Jack be the one to use? No, that is that is not effective on uh, against any insects that suck the sap out of plants. Captain Jack's okay. only works on insects that take bites out of plants, like caterpillars and beetles. Um, So that is not, and actually there's no pesticides really recommended for four-line plant bugs because their life cycle is so short and their damage is aesthetic. There's really not much that you need to do. Thank you very much. You know, I have not, now that you mention it, usually I always get four-line plant bug on my herbs and I have not seen any damage yet? Is it still too early? Oh or? no, it's it's almost at the end of their life cycle. Mm. You would have seen it already. Got a bunch of basil that usually gets pockmarked. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, that's weird. I'm going to have to take a close look today. All right, text message for you too. Some bug is eating my Swiss chard leaves and leaving holes in them. Any ideas? Thank you. Slugs. Slugs. Yeah, slugo, sure. sluggo is a is a great organic control for slugs. Let's say hi to Bill in Paris. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I have a raised garden that I have tomatoes in. Um, they look wonderful. And yesterday I noticed right in the middle there there is a tomato plant that looks like it was dry. Well, it's not dry, naturally, uh, uh, but... So I went in and examined it, and I find a tomato worm on the plant. Now, there's one of two things. It was either the tomato worm 
or it must have a blight. What would you think? Do you got any spots on those lower leaves? Or is it lower leaves no, yellow there and spotted? Spots. I I look for spots on them. It, it actually the tomato plant looks like it hadn't been watered. Well, it uh, as you know, we've had a lot of rain, and I have uh, well water hooked up to it. Uh, it gets well. I keep the I keep the moisture measured. Uh, Tell you what, let me let me jump in here, Bill, and we don't want to cut you off in mid sentence. We'll kind of keep you through the break, and Doug and Jess will take a little bit more time and talk to you in just a couple of minutes. But listen, we have room for other folks as well too. Uh, so please, if you have a question for them, get on the phone and uh, call us eight six six three nine one ten twenty or Dollar Bank Instant Access KDKRadio.com. Ah, yes, indeed. Back with uh, Doug and Jess and more of the <laughs> Organic Gardeners. We're going to take 10th caller right now, going to win that gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton, and then we're going to get uh, Bill's question answered. But let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, numbered it out to get that gift certificate, 412-922-1020, and they're getting ready for their wine tasting event that's going to be coming up on July 21st. You can pick up tickets at the farm market. So go ahead, answer Bill's question. Been getting a lot of questions about this problem with tomatoes. Yeah, so the one that looks in the center of your patch, Bill, like it hasn't been watered is actually probably just a variety whose leaves naturally curl. There are some tomato varieties that do this twisted up leaf curl thing. It's just a genetic thing yeah. that some plants do. Yep. So it doesn't mean that you haven't watered it. It doesn't mean that the plant is diseased. I have two plants in my garden this year that do this. It's a varietal issue, not a big deal. And I had somebody ask me, they were thinking, uh, should I take them all out? And I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no. no. This, it's just, this, yeah. this happens. And, but however, that being said, they, I just saw something from um, Penn State that the f- late blight has been confirmed in a field in York, Pennsylvania. Ugh. And late blight is the blight that you do not want. Now, it has not been confirmed as far as we know in Allegheny County. So, but it is something that we always need to be on the lookout for. And that is black water-soaked oozing grossness on your tomato plant. And the stems. Usually you start yes. on the top of the stems. But let's not, don't panic. Yeah. We haven't seen it. Right. But it's coming. No, don't say that. It might not make it here, if we, especially if we get dried out weather. Uh, but that hopefully. leaf curl is really not anything to worry about, Bill. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Tim in Churchill. Tim, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. I appreciate uh, the time. It's a beautiful day. Um, I had a question. Uh, I've become a disciple of both of you because uh, you just make so much sense. And it's a pleasure to know that you can treat plants uh, comfortably without having to use uh, dangerous chemicals and so forth. Which brings me to my question. Um, Sitting on our patio, um, we did an extensive amount of landscaping work. And I notice um, often, if you're familiar with the Peanuts comic strip, uh, Big Pen always has seen this tornado of bugs going around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see swirls of uh, what looks like uh, funnels, uh, very uh, quick-moving either fleas or gnats in various parts of the yard, and they seem to move with the wind or whatever. And I don't know whether they're uh, dangerous to the plants. I just don't know what it is. I don't know how to get rid of them or whether I should even worry about it. No need to worry at all. Just enjoy it. I always say hashtag bugs happen. But, I mean, bugs just, they, they exist outside, and those are just little swirls of gnats. And sometimes you if you watch them long enough, you'll see they do actually do a little dance. They fly up and down in a certain yeah. pattern, and you can actually watch that, and that's just sort of part of what they do. So, yeah, I mean, there is the, the vast, 
the vast majority of bugs, in fact, it's actually less than 1% of known insects are classified as human or agricultural pests. The rest of them are benign. So no need to worry about those Have you seen anything cool in your garden, anything bug-wise? You know what? A lot of people are posting, including um, young Randy at Sorgles, posted a picture on his Facebook page the other day. We like to refer to him as Little Randy. Yeah, I like young Randy. I like Little Randy. (laughs) He posted a picture of a katydid nymph. Somebody, two people emailed me pictures of Katie did nymphs, and then I've seen a couple other social media posts. So there's a lot of Katie did nymphs out there, and they are super cool looking. You live some life, I'll tell you. I know, right? People send me bug pictures. Hey, listen, a couple of text messages. One is, uh, when's the best time to cut the lawn with the heat? And talk about planting barberry. (laughs) Don't plant barberry, and uh, later in the day, you know, if you've got to cut it, do it later in the day. I'm gonna. I have to cut mine today, and it's gonna be. It's not gonna be later in the day. But I'm using an electric lawnmower. Yeah. But anyway, you definitely be, want the lawn to be dry when you mow it. So don't mow it first thing in the morning if there's a dew, because you can end up with some different issues with that. Plus the the clippings get all clumped and all that stuff. Mine's yeah. a jungle. It's got to be done when it's done. Yeah. Hey, congratulations to Shirley, a Bridgeville winner of that gift certificate to Janoski's. Let's go and say hi now to Donna calling today from Beaver, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Donna. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. Uh, yes, question for you. Is it is it a lot of hype or is there truth to the poison behind the uh, poison hemlock that looks like Queen Anne's lace? There absolutely is truth to it. That is... Poison hemlock is an introduced plant. It is actually the plant that was used to murder Socrates. So it is highly poisonous um, and it is an irritant to skin as well. But more important than that, please don't ingest it in any way. I mean, there have been um, news stories of kids that have uh, the stems are hollow. So they've cut them off the plant and use them as a drinking straw. And have either gotten very ill or or died as a result of it. So poison hemlock, though it is great for the good bugs, it's a great nectar source. It is not a good plant to have in your garden. I've got it all over my garden. Yeah. All right. Just, but you know to be careful around it. Oh, so yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get a break in here. We'll come back and we're going to go to Verona and talk to Bob next. This is the organic garden. All right, here's Bob and Verona up next for Doug and Jess as we wind up the hour, our final segment. So if you have a question, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. What's going on? Hey, I got a question. I, in front of my house, I got a hillside. It's probably about 20, 25 feet tall, probably a good 45 to 50 feet wide. It's all honeysuckle, and I'm starting to get a problem with a bunch of tall, grown weeds. Maybe I can spray in there. Kill the weeds, but keep the honeysuckle. Or do I actually have to try to put all my mountain climbing gear and climb up into the honeysuckle and pull it out? Oh man, if there were such a thing that would exist that kill the weeds and not any other plant, we would be bajillionaires if we oh, had man. such a thing. Alakazam, Alakazoo. Alakazam, Alakazoo with your magic wand. You, the little <laughs> garden fairy comes out and hooks you up, but no, unfortunately, there is not. So, so if it were. I'm at to climb into this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it. I mean, the only thing that you, you could do. It's only going to be 90 today. What's the problem? Right. <laughs> right. Really? <laughs> no problem at all. 
Um, yeah, I mean, if it were the opposite, if it were grass with some with weeds in it, then there right. you know are some organic uh, iron based products that would kill the weeds and not the grass. But here you have the opposite. So yeah, unfortunately, hand weeding is going to be the way to go, and that's why we often tell people with areas like that when you put a ground cover in, you have to make sure to keep it weeded from the start because once it gets grown and big like this, it is. It is a challenge. I don't envy yeah. you, and I wish I had a better answer. How tall is that honeysuckle getting? Uh, well, the problem is it's it, it's a good. I've been I bought the house twenty years ago, and it was there before that. Mm. I mean, is it like yeah, vi- vining and on the ground, or is it like growing up tall? Uh, it grows up. It grows up tall. It's uh, probably about three and a half foot tall. Uh, and beginning of June is when we like to open the front door because all that honey, the way the wind blows, it bring that small into the house. Right. It's really nice. But it's a steep hill to begin with. And like I said, we bought the house 20 years ago, and it was there then. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I guess the only thing I can recommend is get yourself some of those ice cleats that you can attach to the bottom of your shoes. I'm not joking. You yeah, can attach no, them to the bottom of your shoes or wear, like, your baseball cleats or track cleats, and that will help you, you know, be a little more stable on the slope. But good luck to you. Or, or yeah, and somebody so- younger. Yeah. yeah, send me a picture of that. <laughs> I will do that. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Dollar Bank Instant Access. I uh, love the show, Doug and Jess. Hi, what is the wine color ground cover like plan I have growing from a bed into the lawn? I saw a similar plant at the farmer's market and was told it was herb. I don't know where it came from. It just appeared. A wine colored plant that grew from the garden bed into the lawn. I'm maybe a juga. Like that would be a possible. I mean, there's. It could be dozens of different things. Yeah. Um, ground hard to covers. Tell with that explanation. Yeah. Ground covers. A lot of times will spread without boundaries. You know, into the lawn, and there's not much you can do other than hand pull it out of there. Um, but yeah, without a better description, can't 100% ID it. Another dollar bank instant access. Are there any lily varieties that the deer are resistant to? No. Not that I know of. Ah, oriental lilies. So they love Asiatic lilies. They love the day lilies, which are not true lilies, but they typically don't bother the oriental lilies and neither do the rabbits. However, Mm. I'm using the word typical here because you never know. Each herd is different. Uh, but I had maybe, orientals outside the fence, and I but, don't have orientals anymore. So maybe combining oriental lilies with regular weekly sprays of deer spray on the plants might might work for you, but never a guarantee with those deer. My lilies are all growing now inside a fence. That's the only place that they're safe yeah. for me. Yeah. Here is Frank in North Braddock. Frank, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to the show. I'm good. Good morning. Thank you. I have a six-year-old peach tree in my backyard. I finally got fruit this year. It's coming along. I can't seem to keep the uh, blue jays from pecking at them, but I did pick one of the peaches uh, a couple days ago. I opened it, split it open by hand, and there's a tiny white worm inside the fruit, at least the one that I picked. Is it too late to spray uh, to, to treat them? Or where, where do I go? Or, or do I have to wait till next year? To, uh... Yeah, it's much too late at this point. Those fruits are already formed. Um, a lot of times with pests like that, you know, apple maggots and things like that, that get inside of developing fruit. Sometimes I just cut the 
that part out and still eat the rest of the fruit. And maybe you know? not maybe not every fruit will be affected if you're lucky. Right. Okay, very good. I said, well, I did. I tasted what were, what I could remain. It was sweet. Yeah. They're not good. real big. But, okay. Uh, should I spray next year? And what well, what would I consider using? Well, I'd put yourself on a good organic spray regimen. And actually, the one I like to follow is from um, a company called Peaceful Valley Farm Supply. And Peaceful Valley Farm Supply, you can you can call or or um, request a uh, catalog from them, and their catalog is sort of like like a bible as far as like step by steps for using things like soap shields and dormant oils um, to really help control all kinds of fungal and pest issues on fruit trees. And that's the program protocol that I follow on my peaches. I also actually cover the peaches when they're young. This sounds ridiculous, but we only have one tree, and so I have time to do it. With this is ridiculous. Nylon <laughs> with nylon footies. You know that the, when you ladies try on shoes, they have those nylon footies. You can buy a box of those on Amazon, and I cover each of the fruits with a little nylon footie, and that keeps any pests from laying eggs or eating them it might even keep the blue jays from eating them but you have to do it when they're about the size of a nickel and then leave it on there until they're ready to harvest and i'm telling you it it does take time to do it but it it actually works and it works really picture, well i want a picture of that too <laughs> i of him doing it or me because i do actually have pictures thank you very much and then i have pictures of me with big beautiful ripe peaches so you know. Well, you know our saying that we always got from our friend Bert Bloom, peaches will break your heart. They will break your heart. That's true. All right, listen, we got about a minute before the break, so what's up in the world of Doug and Jess as we get set to take our final break and come back and say goodbye? I think we're uh, both just thrilled. We were talking this morning just about winning our awards, you know, and Mrs. Know-It-All, too. Three of us at the same place. I think that's win- the first time it's ever happened. Winning a nas- national awards. Uh, it's really exciting. You know, because we we do it, love what we do and love telling these stories, and uh, to be recognized is just absolutely wonderful. And so you won for gardening column, the gardening column, your gardening column in the trip. You won for a live presentation, and then Denise won for her column in Ask the Expert in Pennsylvania Gardener mm-hmm. magazine. So we all it's the trifecta of luck this year. Well, skill, let's say, not luck. Yeah. It's hard work and skill. Skill for you, luck for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take anything I can get. All right, stick with us, folks, because when we come back, we'll wrap up the hour. So what do you think people can do today when it's so hot like this? Should you be in the garden or wait? Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant some stuff. I'm going to wait till a little later on. I'll go to the nursery early in the morning, get my stuff, and then plant it later on. Like I said, I'm putting some, some peppers I in. I think if you plant in the evening and water in real well, just water the roots, you'll be all right. Containers need water already at your house or not Occasionally. Yet? Not too much, but occasionally. Because they're kind of grown so much now that the soil, top of the soil is sort of shielded. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. The award-winning team of Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace and Mrs. Know-It-All, the trifecta. Congratulations to one and all. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.